Welcome back to Pod TST. I'm Kenneth Arthur, and today I want to talk about something called status quo or status update, looking around uh, at the NFL teams that the Rams would have to compete with next season. I believe that the Rams are right now the strongest team in the NFC, maybe the NFL, but I think the addition of Matthew Stafford has given the Rams a huge status update, even though they are mostly the same all around. The big deal, though, is just going from Jared Goff to Matthew Stafford. So in that sense, I would have to say that the Rams would qualify as a status update. Conversely, you look at a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won the Super Bowl. They are bringing back all 22 starters on offense and defense. Pretty clear that's a status quo, right? And I've noticed that a lot of teams are just trying to keep up the status quo as to what they were doing last season. The Seahawks would be an example of this in the NFC West as Seattle has brought back a lot of their own players, hasn't made many changes, lost a couple of players. The Rams have obviously lost a lot of players, coaches, and that makes some people think, oh, that's bad. But I would say that the Rams needed to improve. They needed to have change. And even if they, some of these would be apparent downgrades, you know, losing like someone like John Johnson would never seem to be a positive. The reality is that, uh, you know, I, the difference between player A and player B is always overrated by most. And the difference between... And someone would even say that I'm overrating the difference between Stafford and Goff. Maybe I am. But at least at a quarterback, I think you can have a lot uh, that is impacted. That's why a quarterback is the most important position, right? Because he can impact all those other positions so directly with good play. And so that's why I think that the difference for Stafford is just so significant for the Rams. Um, but in any case, we know that there's a bit of a status update. Maybe it's not even always a status upgrade, which is what some people might say is that it's always an update is an upgrade. Nope, just a status update. And why don't I just start briefly talking about AFC teams, 16 AFC teams, and we can talk about briefly, if you didn't know, if you haven't been following free agency closely, whether or not these AFC teams are going through status quo or more of a status update. Let's begin with the big news on Monday, which is that the Jets are making a change at quarterback, as are the Carolina Panthers. The Jets have traded Sam Darnold to Carolina for a sixth-round pick this year as well as second- and fourth-round picks next year. The way that Carolina has uh, been tweeting this afternoon would suggest that they are not um, going to be using Teddy Bridgewater as the starter, uh, very much uh, hyping up the acquisition of Sam Darnold, and the Panthers gave up a second-round pick. So, yes, it appears that Sam Darnold is the starter of the Carolina Panthers. Is that supposed to be a good thing? To Carolina, they are suggesting that it is. To some analysts out there, they're suggesting that it is, that you know Sam Darnold was simply being held back by Adam Gase, um, you know, with no mention of the fact that he was also terrible under Todd Bowles. Uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is possible that 
Sam Darnold, who's very young. He still hasn't turned 24. He's 23 years old. He's old and he's young enough to be in the draft this year and not even be an old, like he'd be an old prospect, but not that old of a prospect. So, yes, yeah, Sam Darnold is young. Uh, the Panthers immediately exercised his fifth year option. So, again, they clearly see Sam Darnold as uh, at least the near term future. So they're going to give Sam Darnold a shot, but year after year, his numbers have been terrible. Uh, and maybe this is fair, you know, to get what he's worth, but I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting. Sam Darnold given a lot of benefit of the doubt, not just uh, in the NFL, I think also in college. A lot of people just holding out hope that, yeah, well, he'll be as good as how he was rated coming out of high school. And at this point, Sam Darnold hasn't been that. But anyway, the New York Jets, well, starting with the New York Jets, they have traded away Sam Darnold, which solidifies the pick at number two to be Zach Wilson. But for all intents and purposes, this appears to be the pick number two quarterback BYU. So the Jets are going from Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson. I would say that's an upgrade, a probable upgrade, if only because... The average number two pick quarterback and Zach Wilson could even be called the number one pick type of quarterback. That's how good of a prospect he is. Very exciting quarterback. I have some reservations about the schedule that he's played against, the the, the weird season that BYU had last year, but I don't want to discount just how uh, exciting it is to see. And also, he, he made some bad throws and he made some bad decisions against some low-level competition. And, then, you know, so I think... That's the big difference to me between Trevor Lawrence and, and everybody else. I think that Trevor Lawrence is so much safer than all the other quarterback prospects. It doesn't mean that I am saying that Trevor Lawrence even will be the best quarterback in this class because the four or five other guys behind him have such interesting ceilings and possibilities. But safest, I think Trevor Lawrence fits the bill there, and I would have no reservations about saying that Trevor Lawrence should be the number one pick in this draft, even with such a competitive quarterback class. So I've, it looks like Zach Wilson and whether, and so the average outcome of Sam Darnold versus the average outcome of a top two quarterback pick, which, you know, that hasn't always worked out so good. Has it, you know, Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston, even Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin, the third, to some degree, you know, um, RG3's career cut extremely short as far as being a starter. Andrew Luck cut quite short, you know, without the Colts ever making it to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, that might be as, as, as good as it gets sometimes. And it's been a while, maybe even since one of these quarter. I mean, Baker Mayfield is doing a little something with uh, the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, now Darnold has been uh, traded. Mitchell Trubisky has moved on to a, a backup role. Top two pick quarterbacks. I mean, top two, top three pick quarterbacks. Uh, Blake Bortles. Come on. It's not that. Who's watching the draft right now and and willing to admit that some of these guys that are being talked about, whether it's Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, doesn't matter. Any of them. You know, some guys are being talked about in a way that says, I can't believe this guy is being so underrated. Other guys are being talked about. I can't believe this guy is being so overrated. How about just saying, guess what? We're probably all going to be wrong about this guy. and We're probably all going to be wrong about that guy. So to just start taking it out on the players, 
I don't get that. Like, why are I, I, I it just seems like people are taking out these taking out their time to say that, that someone c- could work out or couldn't work out. And, and, you know, the fact is a lot of top two, top three quarterbacks haven't worked, not worked out at all. Um, so just because we're someone sits here now and says, well, I think that that's pretty clear that it's because teams are say overrating Mac Jones, for example, and whether or not the 49ers traded up for Mac Jones. Um, well, I can't sit here today and say that Mac Jones is the wrong choice. Just like I can't sit here today and say that Zach Wilson is the right choice. But it would seem that the Jets are going to be doing a status update, switching over from Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson. No trades there. Looks like Zach Wilson will be the pick. Can't say at all whether or not that'll work out. But in addition to that, the Jets have a lot of other reasons for a status update. New head coach Robert Sala, formerly a defensive coordinator of the 49ers, and now he's the head coach of the Jets. Offensive coordinator coordinator is Mike LaFleur, who was coming out of Kyle Shanahan's offense with the 49ers. Defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich. Uh, the, the Jets have also signed Corey Davis and Carl Lawson, the uh, edge rusher. And those are the big moves franchise tag for Marcus May. They've also added LaMarcus Joyner, former Rams defensive back, will be playing safety, I believe, for the Jets. So a lot of changes for the Jets. Uh, did they, Did the Jets get better? You know, the Jets went two and 14 last season, won two wins late in the year, one of those against the Rams. Um, so no matter what had happened, you would expect the Jets to get better, no matter what they had done. If they had kept Adam Gase, uh, they still probably would have improved. And so how much better are the Jets? Hard to say, impossible to say right now, but... A lot of that will hinge on the change from Sam Darnold to Zach Wilson, the change at head coach. A lot of changes here. There's also, you know, career development of the good players like Mekhi Becton and Quinn and Williams. Uh, status update for the Jets. How about the New England Patriots? Status update for sure. Even though the Patriots re-signed Cam Newton and for right now might even be intending for him to be the starter next season, but I wouldn't say that we can completely rule out New England from adding a quarterback, whether that is Jimmy Garoppolo, whether that is a draft pick. Uh, I would say probably looks like more in the, the the realm of competition for Cam Newton this year, maybe someone to replace Cam Newton next year. But in any sense, the reasons for Patriots being such a status update, of course, they spent more money on the free agent market than any other team. It was very highly publicized that this is not at all how New England ever acts. And New England was very open about the fact that, yeah, we don't do this, but we didn't win last year. So what do you want us to do? Um, Those changes, there's a lot of them, you know, wide receivers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, uh, they, uh, the Patriots have still held on to Enkeel Harry, the first-round pick of a couple years ago, traded for Trent Brown, uh, signed, re-signed center Ted Karras and David Andrews. They they signed both of the top tight ends in free agency, Jonah Smith and Hunter Henry. They added pass rusher Matt Judon. They have re-signed, after he had left for a little while, Kyle Van Noy. Looks like they've added Henry Anderson, another linebacker edge rusher. 
Um, and they've so far held on to Stefan Gilmore. No deals there. Defensive back Jalen Mills. I may even be missing one or two important moves here, but that's uh, that's the big heart of it, I would say, and that is a lot. So the Patriots, are they better? I would say they're better. I, I think that the Patriots, even though they did spend a lot of money, I thought that they spent it more wisely than the teams that typically spend a lot of money, the bad teams. I thought they spent it more wisely than those teams at a time um, because of all the uncertainty and the, and the lowered salary cap at a time when you had to spend it smartly. The Miami Dolphins right now, they're going for status quo. Did the Miami Dolphins at 10-6 and six last season have enough of a reason to believe that as so long as they keep the status quo, they will become a Super Bowl threat? I don't know about that. You know, that 10-6 and six, uh, is is fine. Um, it's a 17 game schedule next season. So 10 wins won't be as impressive, but I think 10 and six can sometimes even be a little bit more like misleading. You think, Oh, 10 wins, double digit wins. That's gotta be good. But the dolphins did not have a strong offense. They did not have a strong running game. They did not have a strong quarterback and, you know, play at quarterback. Uh, in week 17, when they needed a win, they got blown out by the Bills, 56 to 26. They had some good moments. They had some uh, great moments, you know. Uh, they blew out the 49ers in San Francisco. The you know they 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 were fine. The Dolphins were fine, but they couldn't compete with the Bills, and they decided. Up to this point, they've decided to just keep things going with Tua Tagovailoa. And by getting the third overall pick in the Laramie Tunsil trade, you know, from the Houston Texans, rather than picking a new quarterback, uh, they the, clearly Miami feels like Tua Tagovailoa can get the job done or that they don't have injury concerns. The Dolphins signed Jacoby Brissett. Pick a quarterback at this point would, you know, after trading down from three to 12 and then back up from 12 to six, you know, so they move from three to six just to add one extra future first round pick. It says closes the door pretty much on a change at quarterback, I would say. And so it's a lot of status quo and and also hoping that uh, the rest of the team other than, you know, Tua Tagovailoa also improves. Will Fuller was added, the wide receiver and that was maybe uh, their biggest move this offseason. And Justin Coleman is a new cornerback on the defense. He's had some struggles, but he's been a, a pretty good slot corner in the past. Overall, would I be looking at the Miami Dolphins think, oh, yeah, I could see this as a top five defense, which is something they'll probably need. It's not necessarily looking like a top five offense. If we're talking about Miami going from 10 and 6 to 12 and 5, why? I, I don't know that, you know, they've kept status quo. It's going to have to come down to whether or not Tua Dagavaola A, remains healthy, and B, develops the way that so many others, I didn't feel that way about Tua, but so many others expect him to become uh, a great quarterback. I thought that was just going to be Justin Herbert. So far, it looks like Justin Herbert is. But Tua Tagovailoa, you know, that's 
is it just Will Fuller and Devontae Parker and uh, Mike Gesicki with an offensive line of, you know, Eric Flowers is starting. They've added Matt Skura at center. Uh, a very young offensive line. Three starters were drafted last year, first and second and fourth round picks. And they pr- did pretty well, you know, but it's a lot. It's a lot to expect for me to expect the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if they've improved as much as the New England Patriots have improved and the New England Patriots have the whole history of being the New England Patriots. So for me, I would say right now, because of status quo status update, I would say, and we'll have to see what the Patriots do at quarterback, but I would say uh, right now, to me, I would say Bills one, maybe Patriots two. And the Bills, of course, have for the most part been status quo. The Bills winning the division last year at 13-3, and making it the AFC Championship. Didn't feel like they had to make a lot of changes. They've switched out John Brown for Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver in terms of you know veteran receivers. Uh, still bringing back Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs, and Gabe Davis, as well as Isaiah Hodgins. That means a very good, deep receiver core. Uh, very quality offensive line. Mostly the same. I, th- uh, I think uh, it might be all the same. Uh, same, a lot of the same stuff. Matt Breida has been added to the backfield. Uh, Frank Gore, was he still there last year? Uh, it's not, it's not there. And, uh, for the most part, uh, have remained the same. And the defense I think has a lot more potential with Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Levi Wallace, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano was retained. Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Vernon Butler, Ed Oliver. To me, this screams a lot more of the potential of a top five defense than the Miami Dolphins. So that's why I think like it was good for the Bills maybe to be status quo. They could make that jump next year. Even though the Dolphins might have had a better defense last year, I would, I would say that I have more faith in that. And Buffalo was number two on offense last year. So right now, status quo, status update. It looks to me like the uh, the biggest status updates were with the Patriots and Jets. Both of those teams, I think, will improve on their records next season. The Miami Dolphins, I could see them taking a step back or, or remaining right about where they are, even though right about where they are. Last season, it resulted in a 10-6 record. Next season, it might result in a 7-10 record. That's about right where they are. Buffalo Bills, I think they'll still be contending for the Super Bowl and maybe even improving a little bit next season moving on to the AFC North the Baltimore Ravens it's pretty much at this point I would say status quo the Baltimore Ravens you know it's going to be the team with Lamar Jackson J.K. Dobbins Gus Edwards running the ball Mark Andrews catching the ball their big status update trying to be Sammy Watkins signed in as a receiver they'll be bringing back Marquise Brown Devin DuVernay Michael Miles Boykin, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, a lot of the focus has been on the receivers. Orlando Brown, the right tackle, he wants to play left tackle, has been very adamant about that. He wants to be traded because the Baltimore Ravens have committed to Ronnie Stanley at the left tackle. Uh, But Kevin Zeitler was maybe one of the better free agent pickups of the offseason at guard. Uh, He's going to be upgrading that offensive line, and maybe that even helps uh, Baltimore transition to whatever they can trade Orlando Brown Four, you know, you would think Orlando Brown, if Laramie Tunsil's worth two firsts and a second, I would say Orlando Brown is as good of a prospect at left tackle as Laramie Tunsil, if not better. So 
this could be holding up a trade. You know, it's not easy for teams to give up that much for a tackle, and it's not going to be easy for Baltimore to let him down, let him go for anything less than two firsts. So I don't know. Uh, but right now, it's pretty much status quo for the Ravens. Defensively, they did lose uh, a couple of players, including the aforementioned Matt Judon. Uh, but it'll be Derek Wolf, Brandon Williams, Clias Campbell, Pernell McPhee, Justin Ellis, Justin Matabuki at the uh, along the defensive line. Very good. Uh, rookie Patrick Queen, the linebacker, returns next season. I think they'll be looking for some improvement there. Tyus Bowser, Marcus Peters, former Ram. You know, Marlon Humphrey make up. One of the best cornerback duos in the NFL, just like the Rams have. It looks like Jimmy Jimmy Smith is still set to return for now. Uh, they might need uh, an upgrade here in the safety department, and uh, that could be something that Baltimore addresses in the draft. But right now, it's pretty status quo for the Ravens. The Cincinnati Bengals, believe it or not, pretty status quo. Uh, as bad as the Bengals have been year after year, Zach Taylor, he's going into his third season. This will be his make-or-break season. There's no way he can get out of this one if the, if the Bengals are really bad or in fourth place, and it's hard to say why they won't be in fourth place. Unless Joe Burrow just like hits hits it right now, you know, and really just hits right now, and maybe he is, he maybe he does. That's why a player is uh, drafted first overall. But again, this is what we were talking about earlier in the podcast, and uh, those expectations for a first overall quarterback maybe are out of whack. But the receivers, you know, losing AJ Green is not much of a loss at all. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, these are the Cincinnati's top two receivers. They could target Kyle Pitts. They could target, you know, as a tight end in the draft. And that would give uh, Burrow a third really reliable option. I'm not going to say that Alden Tate or Mike Thomas or uh, Drew Sample or CJ Ujima is going to be that. You know, none of these guys are interesting to me uh, at this stage in their careers. And I think that that could only change. I think that Jamar Chase would be a better pick. You know, I mean, just. That's fine to me if the Bengals at draft Jamar Chase. I don't see what's wrong with that. You know, Tyler Boyd, and none of these guys, Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins, has the ceiling of Jamar Chase, so so I don't see what would be wrong with the Bengals adding Jamar Chase. But right now, it's been a lot of status quo. Riley Reif has been added to play right tackle. Uh, there was the uh, loss of Carl Lawson in free agency, but... There were a lot of other changes on the defensive side of the ball, like Trey Hendrickson from the Saints, uh, Von Bell, that might be his second year, Chidobe Awuzie. You know, Trey Waynes was a player they signed last year, and then he pretty much missed the whole year. So they'll be looking at Trey Waynes as someone that can help, as well as in the secondary. Um someone else uh you know Chidobia Wuzie I was looking oh Mike Hilton that's the name I was looking for Mike Hilton you know one of the top slot corners in free agency this year so the big change maybe there it is a bit of a status update on defense but when you keep uh you know trying to like keep the status quo from the intentions of last season which is pairing Zach Taylor with Joe Burrow and saying okay create a great Cincinnati offense that's what they're doing again. So uh, the big difference to me is like adding a Kyle Pitts, adding a Jamar Chase. That could take the offense to the next level. I don't see enough weapons here for Cincinnati. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, you know, the Cleveland Browns are the team that everybody is looking to see a status update to in the sense of 
Can the Cleveland Browns break through to being a Super Bowl contender next season? Status quo is, for the most part, what's going on. It's going to be Kevin Stefanski, who had a very good first year as a head coach. The, ba- the Browns are hoping for a nice return for Odell Beckham Jr. That could change a lot. Rashard Higgins has come back as a wide receiver. I'm interested in receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones, a sixth-round pick last year. I would keep an eye out for him. Harrison Bryant was a fourth-round pick at tight end last year, so they've got a very deep tight end group with Austin Hooper, Bryant, and David Njoku still right now. Baker Mayfield coming back. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt continue to be the backfield duo. Everyone, you know, they added to Karis McKinley, but he hasn't played well. Added Malik John, uh, Jackson, but he's getting older. They did add John Johnson and Troy Hill away from the Rams. So secondary-wise, those two guys played in the best secondary in the NFL last year, so they're looking to bring that to one that has Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit, and Greedy Williams. And Greedy Williams has missed a lot of time. Grant Delpit pretty much missed his uh, rookie season last year and was a second-round pick as a safety out of LSU. So I could see the Browns as a team, you know, by keeping the status quo, the, the Browns could definitely get a lot better next year. And... The Pittsburgh Steelers, who could be right on the edge of uh, either falling apart or contending for the Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger, this is a status quo team because they are the most status quo team there is pretty much. Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger are returning. Uh, David DeCastro, some of the classic names, Juju Smith-Schuster and Cameron Hayward, Steph Tewitt, TJ Watt, Devin Bush, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, a lot of classic Steelers, even if they're new classics, you know, these are, these are the well-known Steelers and it's going to be a lot of the same team again, uh, not a lot to speak of in terms of changes. They were brought back Juju Smith Schuster could still be looking at a receiver in the draft, uh, but could be looking at a lot of things, including quarterback, including center, including tackle, including safety. I mean, uh, there are maybe not safety cornerback linebacker. There's a lot, there's a lot that Pittsburgh could do, but you know, for right now, my, my, my thoughts with, you know, status quo, status update, and and the order of these teams, I might have the Cleveland Browns number one, the Baltimore Ravens number two, the Steelers number three, and the Bengals number four. Does that mean that Zach Taylor can go seven and ten, eight and nine, and still be in fourth place? Is the division that good? Maybe, maybe it is. Uh, it depends a lot of you know on the advancement of those players. Quickly moving on to the AFC South, obviously the Houston Texans. It's a forced and ugly and disgusting status uh, update for the Houston Texans. It's a, it's a difficult team to watch, whether it's on the field, off the field. It doesn't matter. It's a difficult team to follow. I cannot imagine how rough it is to be a Texans fan. But, uh, you know, status update for sure because they have a new head coach after firing Bill O'Brien last year, David Coley. Maybe the most anonymous head coaching hire. Not a lot uh, was known about him. Not a lot was talked about him before. And I think, you know, you have to consider that the Texans were the least desirable place to go. It's not as though Brandon Staley was ever going to choose the Texans. You know, I think uh, you have to look at sometimes the fact that like a guy like Brandon Staley, the Rams defensive coordinator last season, he had like five interviews, five, six interviews. He interviewed twice with a couple, two, three teams. He interviewed twice with. 
Brandon Staley could have picked any job he wants. So the fact that he picked the Chargers probably means the Chargers was the most desirable place to go. And I don't see why that would not be the case because the Chargers had Justin Herbert. The Chargers had everything going for the Chargers. He was right there in L.A. The Chargers were the best job to go to. And Brandon Staley was probably the most desired head coach candidate last this this year. And so I would imagine, you know, you'd have to think that the Texans were the least desirable having a hard time talking to anybody. People always go like, well, why didn't the Houston Texans hire this guy? Why didn't the Houston Texans hire Brandon Staley? You think that Brandon Staley wanted to choose the Texans? He had six offers. David Cooley didn't have any offers. You know, even someone like Urban Meyer going to the Jaguars, you'd go, Urban Meyer, he didn't have a ton of offers. Why would anybody, not a lot of people are going after Urban Meyer. It's a risky move. But it's a good move for the Jaguars because it looks like a big hire, even though they hired a guy that nobody else was really competing for. It just feels like you're the Jaguars. You're the, one of the worst organizations in the NFL. And people can get mad at me pointing out a fact. But, uh, you know, I'm not talking trash about the Jaguars. It's, it's just a fact. Look at the win-loss record. Look at the, look at the playoffs. Whatever. The last 20 years have not gone well for Jacksonville. They aren't attracting People like Brandon Staley, they're not attracting. And whether or not Brandon Staley even turns out to be the head coach doesn't matter. David Coley could be the best head coach. I, you know, People are wrong all the time, just like they are in the draft, about who actually should be the number one prospect. So maybe David Coley was the number one head coaching prospect. In the eyes of teams hiring this year, Brandon Staley was. You know... Maybe Robert Sala, you know, was up there too, even though the Jets is not a desirable team to go to. They held a high draft pick. There were things to like about the Jets. The Texans have no draft picks. They, they, they've, they've got a quarterback who doesn't want to be there. They've got a lot of other guys who presumably might not want to be there. You know, the fact is that a lot of guys do want to be there and, and maybe the things in Houston aren't as bad as they seem, but it's a definite, Status update for Houston because they have a new head coach. They're probably going to have a different quarterback. They have kept a lot of the stuff, a lot of stuff the same. There are going to be some changes. They've added like Marcus Cannon, uh, a guard, Andre Roberts, a receiver and special teamer. Uh, Brandon Cooks will be going into his second year there. But Shaq Lawson on the defensive side of the ball. There's a few small changes here and there, Desmond King, but for the most part, it's going to be a status update, or it's going to be a status update, but it's going to be a lot of uh, the same, too. Uh, cannot call it not a status update, but right now Houston could be fighting for one or two wins next season if if Deshaun Watson's not going to be the quarterback. They have no way to replace him with a, a viable option. Indianapolis Colts, you know, you want to say status update because the Colts acquired Carson Wentz, but... That move just matches the fact that Philip Rivers retired, and it might not even be an upgrade. Uh, it's certainly an updated quarterback. It's a change at quarterback, but same head coach, a lot of the same players around the quarterback position, a lot of the same players on defense, and despite the fact the Colts had so much cap space, they didn't spend any of it really. They've retained T.Y. Hilton. They're, they're bringing back a lot of their own players. It's just Carson Wentz as the big change. Uh, they retained Xavier Rhodes. So it's a status quo for the Colts. Is that going to make them, you know, the Colts were 11 and 5 last season. Does this make them better? Does just development make them better? Does an easier schedule make them 
uh, more threatening to get a, a high seed in the draft, anything like that. I, I don't see a ton to be enamored with in Indianapolis right now. It's just going to have to come down to maybe uh, they're they're talented enough to get the breaks to go to win 13 or 14. Games. They're talented enough to get the breaks. But at the same time, Carson Wentz has not have given us any reason to think he's a top 16 or top 20 quarterback. Uh, he So I can't say it looks like they've had an upgrade at quarterback. They're, everything else seems to be about the same, and the Colts were just better than fine last season. I don't know why they would be different than better than fine uh, this upcoming season. That's where I stand pretty much on the Colts, who are status quo. Jacksonville status update absolutely just because you got both head coach I mentioned Urban Wire and quarterback mentioned Trevor Lawrence there are other changes too. the Jaguars have signed Marvin Jones at, at wide receiver and they've added Shaquille Griffin at cornerback Overall, a lot of the same players, but huge changes at uh, head coach and quarterback, uh, a couple upgrades here and there. And I think maybe we can even expect continued development for, you know, pass rushers, Caleb on chase on Josh Allen. Both those guys are very young for the NFL standards and they've got some quality players, you know, CJ Henderson also going into his second year. They've got some quality players. They've got a decent offensive line. They've got good receivers around Trevor Lawrence, like DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones, interested in Colin Johnson. They added Philip Dorsett, although he hasn't done much at all at the NFL level. Overall, I think think Trevor Lawrence uh, will have a pretty good rookie season. And after Jacksonville went one and 15 last season, they were going to up, they were going to win more games no matter what. Uh, I could easily see them going, you know, five and 11, you know, something like that. Maybe seven wins is within the range. If Trevor Lawrence is that good, it's possible, you know, he has like sort of a Justin Herbert type rookie season and uh, Jacksonville set up okay right now. Uh, so status update and definitely a bit of an upgrade here and there, although a lot of it will be essentially the same. Um, some some really notable changes there for Jacksonville. And finally in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a few things here and there that could make it status update, but it's pretty status quo. Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis. I mean, the offense, for the most part, is the offense. Corey Davis went to the Jets. Josh Reynolds was signed away from the Rams. I would say Tennessee has a pretty significant need at wide receiver or tight end. Something that they would have to address, I think, in the first round of the draft. Uh, defensively, Danico Autry is a new edge player for them. Jeffrey Simmons uh, goes into year three, but really, I mean, his former first round pick, he could become a very devastating player in the middle of that defensive line. Some other recent early ish picks include Harold Landry, Rashawn Evans. And I. they also added Janoris Jenkins, another former Ram at cornerback. Overall, I would say that it's status quo for the Tennessee Titans. Titans went 11 and five last season. They were they've been competitive for a couple years now with Ryan Tannehill. Is there some reason to think that they're going to take that next step? There's some reason to think that now they can go toe to toe and compete and, and really go 
throw down with with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and the AFC Championship if they get that far. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there is that change to expect. Is there that elite defensive player that makes you go, shit? <laughs> is you know, there is that player on offense with Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. But do they have that on defense? I don't know what that's supposed to be. So uh, it's status quo and it's still kind of just meandering in the middle somewhere that says, yeah, if they get hot at the right time, the, the Titans could compete for a Super Bowl, but, but not a lot has changed overall in the AFC South. I feel like my rankings would go along the lines of the Titans, the Colts, then the Jaguars, then the Texans. Maybe the sneaky thing is that the Jaguars aren't that far behind the Colts even right now. Maybe, maybe that's the sneaky thing. I don't know. And finally, for the AFC, let's take a look at the AFC West. The Denver Broncos, for now, would say that they are status quo. Vic Fangio retained for another year. Drew Locke has not been replaced yet. Now, as of Monday, we saw, you know, as of Monday morning, Sam Darnold hadn't been replaced yet. By the afternoon, Sam Darnold had been replaced. Drew Locke who was a second-round pick in 2019, has flashed some really impressive moments in the NFL, sometimes without Cortland Sutton, which is important and could be something. But the Broncos sit at pick nine. They'll probably, I think, have a chance to draft, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lancer, Mac Jones, one of those guys. Would they do it? That would definitely, you know, be a status update. But for now... It appears that they could be staying with Drew Locke. I also think Denver could trade for someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but, uh, you know, would that be an upgrade? Not necessarily. I don't see that. Overall, though, it's, uh, it's a lot of the same Broncos. They retained Von Miller, Kareem Jackson. They've added Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby at cornerback. Uh, Justin Simmons returning again uh, as a franchise safety. It would be... Ideal for Denver's sake if, you know, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller were healthy and playing at the same time. If all those things were happening, if all these players were healthy, the Broncos could have a top five, maybe even a top three defense. You know, it's something that they've really heavily focused on doing these last six years, seven years or whatever. And uh, it looks to me again like the Broncos could have maybe even the best defense in the AFC if all went right under defensive coordinator Ed Donatel and head coach Vic Fangio. It's the offense with... The fact that knowing whether or not quarterback is going to be someone that can elevate those around him, because when you have guys like Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, you know, it's quality players, Noah Fant and Albert Oguegabunam at tight end. Garrett Bowles, one of the best tackles in the NFL. This is a good offense, but you would be looking at it and going, okay, if Denver had been the team to acquire, say, Matthew Stafford, I think this team looks like Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. They've instead opted to keep it as is, status quo. Will they shake that up? I don't know, but I think that would be a huge difference for them just by doing that change at quarterback because the there's so such a high ceiling on defense. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, status quo. You know, they've the clearly the Chiefs have made changes along the offensive line by cutting both of their tackles. Uh, they've signed Austin Blythe away from the Rams to replace Austin Reeder at center. Uh, Joe Thune, which is an upgrade at their left guard position. Kyle Long at right guard. So, you know, 
lot of changes to the offensive line, so that would have to be a status update for sure along the offensive line. Big changes there. But other than the yeah, they've lost Sammy Watkins. But other than that, it's like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Michael Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson. Tra- you know, a lot of the guys that you've come to expect, Kansas City could still go and probably would still go for a wide receiver in the draft. Uh, someone out there to, you know, complement these guys a little bit better. Uh, because there could be some questions with regards to the offense. A lot of pressure on Patrick Holmes to make things work defensively. A lot of the same guys, again, are going to be coming back. So status quo for the NFL's best team over the last few years. Overall, I would say the Chiefs are. And so status quo would make seem to make some sense that the Chiefs will be considered Super Bowl contenders once again. Las Vegas Raiders. You know, some changes, again edging towards a a status update, but it's pretty much status quo when you keep Derek Carr around again and Marcus Mariota. So it's going to be John Gruden, Carr, Marcus Mariota, Josh Jacobs. The offensive line, a few changes here and there because of Rodney Hudson and Trent Brown being traded, Uh, but the Raiders did bring back Richie Incognito on a smaller deal. Colt Miller at left tackle, going into year two of Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards at wide receiver, added Willie Sneed and John Brown for, you know, some veteran options at the receiver position, you know, after losing Nelson Aguilar. Defensively, Max Crosby, Cleland Farrell, Carl Nassib, Arden Key on the edges, and Maurice Hurst inside, but they did add Solomon Thomas away from the San Francisco 49ers, and Yannick Ngakwe, the big change there. For the defense, they did cut LaMarcus Joyner. But for the most part, it's status quo from last year, which is interesting given that the Raiders, you know, were 8-8 eight and eight last year and continue to struggle to get over the hump under John Gruden, who will be going into his fourth year. What's the difference? What's the change here? What's, what's supposed to make the Raiders better next season? Just hope and vigor. You know, offensive coordinator is even the same with Greg Olson. They did trade uh, – they did – up change at defensive coordinator uh, hiring Gus Bradley. Uh, but is there any real big reason here? It just has to be an expectation that the Raiders are going to do things a little bit differently, that Henry Ruggs is going to blow up into the next Tyreek Hill, that Darren Waller is going to be as productive and, and, and dangerous as Travis Kelsey, that the offensive line will just continue to get better and better. You know, it's hard to knock Derek Carr based on his stats and everything, but it's just consistently 500 team not making any noise in the playoff consistently over and over again. The status quo for the Las Vegas Raiders. And finally, finally, the LA Chargers, uh, a, another team that uh, you would want to say status quo uh, because a lot of it is the same. However,. I would have to say, yeah, maybe a bit of a status update for the L.A. Chargers because they do hire, as I said, Brandon Staley to be the new head coach. They've added Jared Cook at tight end to replace Hunter Henry, who they lost to the New England Patriots. And they cut Casey Hayward from their defense. He remains a free agent cornerback right now. So it is pretty much a status quo outside of that one change for Brandon Staley. Justin Herbert returns. 
to throw to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Maybe a lot of hope for Jalen Guyton or Tyron Johnson to potentially be that that number three wide receiver, someone who could even be the number three in targets uh, now that Hunter Henry is gone. But hoping for they are hoping for you know Brian Bulaga and Corey Lindsley was their big change uh, in free agency signing the center to the biggest contract one of the biggest contracts of any uh, player who hit the market this year five years sixty two million dollars but uh, the, the, looking just for those uh, changes along the offensive line what minor ones they have some health some continued health and just continued development of Justin Herbert to be on a team with. Joey Bosa and Derwin James, if they can be healthy and uh, just a very talented team for the Chargers. I, I have picked, it's a bit of a shocker to some probably, but I've picked the Chargers to win the AFC. Why not? I think it could be an all LA Super Bowl in LA because I just think that highly of Justin Herbert. I do think that Brandon Staley has the capabilities to give the Chargers a, a top five defense Thanks to the fact that they do have Bosa, James, Chris Harris, Linval, Joseph, you know, used the first round pick on Kenneth Murray last year. A lot of good players. Michael Davis, they retained a lot of good players there. Need to, you know, get a little bit of a surprise with their play on the offensive line, which is why they might use their first pick on a offensive line men like uh, a Rayshon Slater or a Penny Sewell or uh, an Elijah Vera Tucker or someone. I don't know, but uh Clearly, that will be the one area maybe for the Chargers as well as potentially a wide receiver or a tight end. But that's it for the status quo or status update for the AFC. If I'm ranking teams in the AFC West, I would have to go with the Chiefs, number one, even though I've said that the Chargers, I have them coming out of the AFC. I would have the Chiefs, number one, the Chargers, number two, the Raiders, number three, and the Broncos, number four. However, I'll change that right now and actually say that I have the Broncos, number three, and the Raiders, number four. I don't. I could. I don't know where else John Gruden is heading for, other than uh, just a disaster. Maybe uh, if they don't change something to the team between now and and week one. Right now, it's just status quo. Not easy to upgrade Derek Carr. No one's saying it's easy. It's not saying Derek Carr is great, but it's not easy to upgrade Derek Carr. That's where a lot of teams get stuck, and they hope to find that top five defense or that top five supporting cast, I just don't see that the Raiders have either of those things right now. It would have to include, like, yeah, that that big step forward for guys like Henry Ruggs. That's it for this uh, extended pod TST status quo status update on teams in the AFC. Next time I will, of course, do teams in the NFC.